Brewers down to their final out now. Now up to Christian Yelich. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and go. For Yelich. He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Hey, what's going on, Brewers fans? We are back with another episode of the Ike Brewers podcast. The Brewers have just kicked off their season with a series against the Chicago Cubs, and we have to give you rapid reactions. So my name is KJ Eichstead. I'll be your host, and let's get right into it. So the Brewers, um, you know, a little bit of an improvised season with the whole global circumstances causing uh, everything to shut down and give us basically a 60 uh, game season. Every game is magnified and naturally with the first series of the year going to be up against the Chicago Cubs. There's a lot riding on this series. Um, Very, very, very limited sample size in terms of the uh, game action when the Brewers started back up again, when baseball started back up again, and what happened in the uh, the first series. The Brewers lost two games. They finished that series with a one and two record, and 5% of the season is surprisingly now complete. So how should we feel? Well, I see Brewers fans, you know, a little nervous. I see Brewers fans saying, we'll be fine. How should we really feel? What should we take from this extremely small sample size? We should be we should be just fine. We should be feeling just fine. And the reason being, uh, if history is recent history is any indication, Craig Council and his team are capable of flipping the switch and making a successful playoff push. With the keyword being successful, um, in each of the last two seasons, there's no reason why they can't do it again. And if anything, this season provides even greater context because the Brewers last two playoff pushes have been maybe four weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe five weeks or six weeks, depending on which uh, barometer you want to use, which measurement you want to use. But they've been roughly about a month to conclude the last two seasons uh, to get them in the playoffs. And if that were to translate, not saying that would translate, but if that were to uh, be an element that a lot of the core players return that they've been a part of those playoff runs and if that were to be possible again this year well the good news is is a month uh that's actually about half the season so the brewers despite this one and two record to start the season brewers fans everywhere brewers nation should be just fine we're going to be doing okay there's a lot of baseball to go and there's actually a lot of positives so this brewers core they can go on a run um, they didn't start off super hot, but there's a lot of positives to take. Uh, starting off with Orlando Arcia, he hit his, uh, you know, hit the he hit the ball very well in spring. A lot of people were talking about 
whether he's like a father, whether that may have changed something in his approach, whether it was a difference in his swing mechanics. It probably was a little bit of both, but he continued his hot spring. He's now batting 400. Uh, Corey Knable, you know, he, he did give up a run. Um, people might say that that's not necessarily a positive, but the positive to take away is that Corey Knable was able to pitch an inning. He was able to pitch a scoreless inning, and that should really give Craig Council, give the Brewers, make them stronger, give them options and make them stronger in relation to what they're able to do with Josh Hader and Corbin Burns. Uh, we're not asking Corey Knable to become the closer right away, but if he's able to take that pressure off Josh Hader, um, potentially in a closer's role if he finds his groove, that should you know, be enough to give Council the deadliest weapon in the majors, something that he can be aggressive with in a shortened season because uh, Hader's innings limit's going to be low no matter what. So Corey Knable, very, very, very positive takeaway that he could actually, you know, go out there and pitch a scoreless inning, give him some time. He'll probably be back to where he needs to be. Corbin Burns, this guy was a top prospect. We touched on him in a couple of our prior episodes. This guy was a was a really strong prospect coming up. He always flashed the stuff. He flashed power uh, reliever capabilities. He flashed, you know, really effective starter capabilities in the minors. Uh, but last year, for whatever reason, he didn't really have his groove. He gave up a lot of home runs and kind of had a frustrating up and down season. Well, he burst out of the gates again, looking really good in spring, and he looks to have carried that over, striking out a ton of batters. Uh, I believe he has something like. He has six strikeouts and uh, I think 10 total outs. So that gives him like a, a strikeout per nine ratio of 16.2. Basically, Corbin Burns is coming in the game wherever he's at, and he's demonstrating how deadly, how filthy of a pitcher he is by retiring these batters in strikeout fashion, not even letting them put the ball in play. So he's looking like a dangerous weapon out of the pen, one of those hybrid guys who started before um, in the minors, you know, got some inning experience with his arm stretched out um, where, you know, Council could either use him, he continued to roll him out there as a starter, or he could use him in that hybrid relief role as the season gets down to the wire and each game becomes magnified. So moving on to another uh, homegrown starter, Brandon Woodrick. This guy was the opening day starter for a reason. He looked great last year. He had some tremendous years in the minors. He had a tremendous year when he burst on the scene with the Brewers, really the Brewers' most consistent starter last year. Um, you know, so he had a great first start. Unfortunately, he didn't get the win. Unfortunately, he lost. But everything that you wanted to see was out there. He you know, was showing that dominating fastball, 98, 99, really just running it by guys, uh, getting some strikeouts, you know, he, he pitched a solid game. His ERA after that first start shakes out to be 3.6. So we all know Woody can do better than that. I think Woody knows he can do better than that. But, you know, all being said, all things considered, nothing, you know, nothing negative about Brandon Woodruff's first start. He's going to be just fine. So another positive, Christian Yelich. Some people might disagree with this. They say, hey, Christian Yelich has been slumping in the scrimmages. He's been slumping uh, early on, but the positive that I take away is Christian Yelich, the game was close in game two of that series, and he was able to basically smack a home run 420-plus feet to dead center, opposite field actually, and really just put the game away, kind of take care of the game, and that's just something he's done so much for the Brewers. Uh, once again, kind of comparing him to 
a little bit of a parallel in, in the sense with Corey Knebel where he's coming back from a pretty serious injury where we don't even know if Kristen Yelich, um, all things considered, will be able to hit the ground running like he did. And he might be taking a little time to shake off the rust, but just the fact that he's able to blast a home run very early on without seeing any live pitching, that's something really good that a lot of Brewers fans can take comfort in. Um, he'll, he'll be just fine. So then we have Eric Lauer, who made his debut in the season finale. He had uh, six strikeouts and eight total outs, so that gives him a strikeout per nine ratio of 20.3. Obviously, this is a super small sample size, but it was encouraging to see uh, part of that return package of the Zach Davies trade, the uh, Zach Davies-Trent um, Grisham trade with San Diego, um, paying off already for the Brewers. Uh, gives Council a little bit of uh, you know increased options in the bullpen, kind of had to fill some innings, uh, but... Eric Lauer is able to do it quite effectively. You got guys like Justin Smoke, guys like Ben Gamble, who had pretty good springs, and they're continuing on. They were Ben Gamble especially was looking really good in the scrimmages, and uh, you know he kind of had that really clutch hit again. Uh, he had a big time, you know, that was a big time triple, and it, it kind of swung a lot of momentum in the favor of the Brewers. So just those guys, two guys I don't think anyone really expected a lot from. Uh, they were able to come out and make an impact. Uh, Smoke with a big home run, Ben Gamma with you know, a really big impact hit. They were able to both make an impact in the series. So that's just another thing, another positive thing the Brewers fans can take away. Lastly, Lorenzo Cain. This man is just the, the, a pro's pro. He's a definition of a professional. He's a World Series champion. He's a gold glover finally. He's a great hitter. Uh, he had a spell with the Brewers early on. Brewers fans know him well. He he came back. He re-signed with this franchise. Had a great first year. Uh, led us to the playoffs in both of his first two years back with the squad. But didn't really have the greatest year hitting last year. Well, it's just really encouraging to see him back batting 300. Now, once again, very small sample size. But Lorenzo Cain getting some hits right off the bat. Uh, racking up some bases. Basically just making some plays, you know, making some impact plays. We all know the value he brings in the outfield, the value he brings in the clubhouse as a leader. But last year he didn't really get off to the best start, and this year he did get off to an okay start. So if he can just kind of keep up that start, bringing what he brings in the intangibles, bringing what he brings in the defense, uh, that's just something the Brewers can be really excited about. So backtracking a little bit, how did the series go? Uh, game one. Cubs took this one 3-0, a little bit similar to what happened with uh, the scrimmages. You know, there wasn't a ton of offense, good hitting, beat good pitching. Um, or Excuse me, good pitching, beat good hitting. And, and we're probably going to see that a lot around the major leagues. Game two, the Brewers evened up the score. Their bats came alive. They put up eight runs for the Chicago Cubs three. That was a game in which Yelly got on the board, you know, Smoke got on the board, some really encouraging performances all around. And then lastly in the season fin or series finale, Cubs kind of owned this one from start to finish, hung up nine runs on the crew. Uh, to, to come back to our initial point from the beginning of this podcast, you know, how should Brewers fans feel knowing that they're one and two to the Cubs with 5% of the season done? Well, they should feel fine. Uh, if anything, it's a small sample size. I keep hammering that. But also because... The Brewers scrimmage, you know, the Cubs had three, I believe they had three warm-up games. And the Brewers only had one warm-up game. So I know they were scrimmaging, but it's not quite the same as simulating, you know, real live game action. So the Cubs, to be frank, are a little bit sharper. They're a little bit more warmed up than the Brewers just because of the circumstances that have been at play. 
Uh, but the encouraging news is where if the Cubs did start the season, you know, slightly sharper than the Brewers because of their warm-up aspects, the Brewers came right back in Game 2 and kind of made those bats come alive. Like, granted, they did drop the final game of the series, but all these indicators are saying that, hey, the Brewers got their first win. They had several players who are supposed to be big pieces, you know, offer very uh, encouraging early contributions. And it's not like they got swept. You know, one and two, we can make that up super easily. Uh, any Brewers fans who've watched the team the last couple of years know that this team has a ton of fight in them. They're a late season team. You know, usually when their back's against the wall, when there is a little pressure, the Brewers come out and do their thing and either get really close to the playoffs or as they've done the last two seasons, successfully get into the playoffs. Um, so once again, the main message here is it's very early on. No worries. Smooth sailing. We're going to check back periodically. You know, if more and more games uh, elapse and, and things might not look as good, you know, then that might be cause for concern. But early on, the Brewers are going to be just, just fine. That's how it's looking so far. Um, so let's look ahead. You know, what is coming up for the Brewers? We have a series against the Pirates. So the Brewers, uh, I believe they're going to be going on the road to Pittsburgh, and that's good news because that's just a place where the Brewers have had a ton of success in the past. You know, we've had a ton of success in Pittsburgh, we've had a ton of success against the Pirates in general, and the Pirates are very much a rebuilding team. Like, you look at their squad, they have some good players, uh, they got a guy like Josh Bell, he's a good hitter, um, you know, Colin Moran, he had a pretty good first series, but largely they're rebuilding um, if you had to rank the teams in the central, uh, you know, they're probably at the very bottom. You know, we all know that Pittsburgh is a very storied franchise. They have a lot of great history. They had a lot of good years, maybe during those Andrew McCutcheon um, impact years. But they're full-blown rebuilding right now. They're in rebuilding mode this season. You know, they traded away a lot of their impact players. They're trying to rebuild the farm system. They don't exactly have a ton of money to spend. So they're a team that, before all these crazy things happened at the world this year, was expected to be in the basement of the division. So this could be a very, very, very crucial set of games for the Brewers to really, you know, pick up a couple of wins and just kind of build out that cushion so they can get back to the playoffs. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Just a little bit of a quick hitter podcast today. We wanted to give you guys an update right as the Brewers started the season. We just want to thank everybody who's listened so far. We've been overwhelmed with the numbers, you know, well into the triple digits. The subscriber numbers look great. Uh, tons of five-star reviews on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you would have time to give us a five-star review and write a little comment that would encourage others to listen, subscribe, that would mean the world. If you're on Spotify, if you would choose to follow us, that would mean the world. It helps us keep delivering you guys uh, ad-free, unbiased Brewers content right from the ground in Milwaukee. And lastly, you know, I encourage everyone to keep uh, listening to this podcast because there are definitely some giveaways in the future. So um, people who followed Ike for a while know that we like to give back to the fans. You know, we'd be nothing without the fans. The fans are everything, our followers. We, we really appreciate you guys. And we like to give back in the form of giveaways. So recent giveaways included a Packers license plate, um, uh, Alden Jenkins jersey on Ike Packers. If you guys don't follow them, go check it out. But we like to give away stuff all the time. You know, in the past, we've given away Giannis jersey, uh, Yelich jersey. We, you know, we, we love to give away stuff. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you know a Bruce fan who would enjoy this podcast, 
show them. You know, that, that's, that would just be a small gesture that would really help us continue to grow. So with that being said, I just want to thank Brewers fans all over for listening. They really are some of the greatest fans in the world, certainly among the best in baseball. My name is KJ Eichstead. We're coming to you from Milwaukee. Until next time, we're out.